Well, it is, it is great to be together, and it's good to see uh, smiles on your faces, and, and we certainly worship uh, an incredible God. I'm so thankful that, that I'm a part of this family with you, and uh, we just have an incredible worship team. I just, I just love them. Let's just give them a round of applause. I'm just so, uh, I'm just so thankful for them. Um, they, just, they just lead us into the presence of God, and that's, that's their job, and they do that, they do that uh, wonderfully. So uh, we just love God's Word here at City Branch, and it's good to worship Him, and it's good to dive into His Word uh, together, and so we're going to do that, and, and I just wanted to, to say a brief word this week. I, I, I ran across something this week in terms of when we're thinking about Father's Day and Mother's Day and it kind of being that time of year. Uh, I've, I've heard it said that, that Mother's Day is, is a day that's devoted to honoring moms for, for all that they are. Uh, and Father's Day is a day to beat up men for not doing a better job. <laughs> and, uh, and that may seem kind of harsh, but uh, that's the reality that we live in a lot. And, and, and men, I'm not just giving you a hard time, and women, I'm not giving you a hard time either. But uh, that's just that's one perspective. And, and I think that that whole idea of uh, sometimes on these days, and especially at church, you expect to come and like hear the top 10 reasons why you're not a good husband <laughs> or the top 10 reasons why you're not a good father or, or uh, whatever it is. And, and, but that's not what we're about today. And so whether you are a wife or a husband or a son or a daughter or an uncle or an aunt or a grandpa or a grandma today, um, that's not what we're about. And, and, and the truth is that we do live in a world where fathers are not always who God created them to be. That's just the truth. And some of you have had those experiences. In fact, for many of you, um, your, your image of a father is, is really skewed. And it's really hard. And you hear all these things about, you know, God is our father. Uh, but that's, that's difficult uh, for you. And so, but I think today, as I was thinking, uh, as Mark just read Psalm 23 for us, and we're going to be talking a lot about God as our shepherd, I just, I get the sense that, that the last thing that God wants you to hear today is all the reasons you're not doing a good enough job. Um, that he just wants to lift those burdens off you. And, and as a good shepherd, I just feel like God wants you to know that, uh, that you're not alone and that God, God wants to father you today. Um, I, I see the image of a shepherd being very fatherly and doing, doing those things that God says who he is, that he wants to lead you and he wants to guide you and he wants to tell you that you're not alone. And so whether you're feeling that today as a dad or whether you're feeling that today as a son or as uh, the women who love them, <laughs> uh, God, God wants you to know today that, that he wants to father you like a shepherd he wants to lead you like a shepherd, no matter what your experience has been. And so you're not alone, and he wants to be that loving, guiding presence in your life. And so uh, instead of today being about how, how men, uh, in particular fathers, are not good enough, um, I really think that God is calling us to set our eyes on him and look to him, not look at our own faults and not look at the, the, the brokenness of our own fathers and whatever is in your past, but to fix our eyes on God, to fix our eyes on the shepherd. And that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit later today. And so you hear us talking about all these things that, that we're offering for men here at City Branch. And the reason is, is that, that God has put that in the heart of a man. I believe that God has put um, that a fatherly heart in the heart of men. And as God wants to lead and guide us, um, he has created men to lead and guide uh, people into the presence of God. And so that's why uh, we're offering those things for men. That's why I think it's so crucial, especially on a day like today, 
when we're celebrating fathers and we're talking about being a man, relationships are vital, and that's so hard. And so today, if you're the woman in that man's life, tell him that you love him. Tell him that you respect him, and tell him that, um, that God... Uh, that they are a man of God and that he has placed that heart inside of them. And so that's just my challenge for you today. And so men, take us up on these, these challenges and these offerings because uh, sometimes you don't know what you need until you're there. Sometimes you don't know what you need until you experience something that's real that, and that has depth. And so uh, we just want to encourage you uh, with that today. And I'm not leaving the women out. There's plenty of things for you as well. We are all created for community. And so praise God for you uh, today, uh, fathers, and uh, those of you that have fathers, and, and love them and encourage them. So uh, we're talking about Psalm 23 today, and it's really interesting that it's Father's Day because there's a really a lot of neat connections between fathers and shepherds. And so we're reading through the book of Psalms this summer, and, and we're, we're going through it, and, and now we're to... Psalm 23, we spent the last few weeks, uh, maybe as you're reading, the, the readings are on the back of your bulletin every week, maybe you've, uh, maybe you've read some scriptures that are uh, very familiar to you, especially in the Psalms, maybe you're familiar uh, with these. And so today, I, j- I just want to say that if you're wondering today if this message is for you, <laughs> if you're sitting there wondering, ah, I've heard Psalm 23 before, I don't really know if I need to hear this again. If you're wondering if this message is for you, um, I, I really believe that there are very few other books in the Bible besides the Psalms that speak to the reality of our lives. And so I just want to ask, is, is there anyone here today, you don't have to answer, but is there anyone here today that's feeling disconnected? Is there anyone today that's feeling tired? Is there anyone here today that's feeling lost or confused or abandoned? Well, then you fit right in with the Psalms. Uh, have you ever felt overwhelmed? Have you ever felt discouraged, uh, in need of direction? Or maybe today you just have so much happiness and joy in your life that you just want to scream. (laughs) Well, welcome to the Psalms. You fit right in uh, with these writers, and you have a similar heart that they do. uh, Because what these writers uh, are doing, these are simply prayers. We talked about these Psalms are are songs from their hearts, conversations with God about what they're experiencing in their lives. And, And a lot of the writers we can connect with in that way. And so today, our writer is David, who wrote many of the Psalms, and he wrote Psalm 23, although... When we think about Psalm 23, and maybe when you heard Mark read that this morning, you're like, huh, wow, I haven't heard that for a while, but you know what? That is very familiar, and it's true. It's very familiar to a lot of people, although I don't know when David wrote Psalm 23 if he actually thought that it would become one of the most popular scriptures uh, ever, not only in, in people that, that attend church, not only in people that have faith, but, but there's something deeper to it, isn't there? It's, it's you go and ask somebody on the street and, and you start saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That something clicks in them. They've heard that before. No matter where they've been, you don't just have to go to church to be familiar with Psalm 23. But yet, I think when we're honest, what we realize is that there's something deeper in Psalm 23 that's really calling out to us and that, that answers some deep longings and questions that I think we all have. Is there really someone that's in control of all this. I mean, what kind of God do we have anyway? Psalm 23 really speaks to that. And so at this point, I thought, you know what? I could, I could really take you deep into this and, and, and all that, but I thought I'd call in an expert because what we need to hear is someone that really understands sort of the dynamics of this psalm and somebody that can really read it with some uh, dramatic, in a, in a dramatic poetic sense. And so we're gonna, I'm going to show you a short video. And as you listen to this, 
uh, think about the depth and the theology behind Psalm 23. Let's take a look. Why don't you look in the camera? Oh, okay. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not be alone. He makes me lay down in green matches. He leads me to quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me a path of righteousness for his name today. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know it will bring you away. Your rod and your staff they come for me. Surely, surely, prepare a table before me and impress of my enemies. Now my head, you anoint my head with oil. Surely, my cup, my cup, okay, my cup overflows. Surely, yes. Surely goodness will follow me all the days Surely of my life. goodness and love. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. I think she gets a round of applause for that, don't you think? You gotta love that, don't you? A drool dripping down and all. That's the way that Psalm 23 was meant to be read. And who's Shirley? You know, it kind of makes you wonder who Shirley is. But, uh, you know, whether or not she meant it that way or not, it kind of, uh, did you catch her question? Did you catch her question, like the deeper question and all of that, beyond the cuteness and the princess shirt and everything? Shirley? Really? The Lord is my shepherd, Shirley? He he leads me, He's, he's capable of leading me? Are you sure? And so from the innocence and the faith of a child comes this very honest question that I want to pose to you today as we get started, is in in the midst of all the popularity, in the midst of all the hype that surrounds this psalm, do you believe it? (laughs) And I know that sounds like a silly question, but what if you really believe those words were true? What if we lived our lives every day like those words were true? What if they took root and shape in your life. And so this morning, as I want to caution you as we start talking about Psalm 23. I want to caution you to not just say, oh, I understand that and, and just write it off as something that you've heard before. And I want to challenge you to go a little bit deeper with it. Because when we're honest, sometimes I think when we become so familiar with something, it can become common. When we become so familiar with something, it can become common. I was recently, uh, about a month ago, I was up at a family reunion in Minnesota, and actually next week, I'll be up at another family reunion in Minnesota. But this one, uh, you know, depend- do we have any people who just love family reunions? Just any family reunion junkies? One. Good. Two. Awesome. That's great. Uh, so maybe not one of the most exciting things for you. Some people love them, some people really don't like them, because you have to spend a long period of time with those people. Maybe your family looks like that. That's, that's my family. No, it's not. Um, but no, no, matter, no matter if you like them or don't like them, luckily, this, this was a good one. This was rolling along well, and, and we were hanging out, and we were talking and having a good time. And it was actually the first time that Tiffany, my fiancé, was with me at one of these gatherings. And you know, some of you have been a part of that when you bring somebody new into the family, or there's somebody marrying or getting married. And it could be a little bit overwhelming. 
And so this is the first time that I'm introducing her to uh, this side of the family. And so we're going around, and I'm introducing her to, to cousins and, and aunts and uncles and, and grandparents and all that sort of thing. And so I find myself over alone uh, by the table just getting a drink. And so, but all of a sudden, my, three of my cousins just kind of come up around me. And they kind of get close to me like they're going to jump me or something. And they, they come, and, and they kind of get close, and they go, Dude, John. She's your fiance. She's beautiful. And I was kind of taken back by uh, a second because it's almost like they were all shocked. Like, I understand that she's a really good looking lady, but it kind of makes you feel a little bit insecure because it's like, wow, geez, am I that ugly then? Is that, is that the deal? So, and so here's what I decide to do is I, I, when we get back from the, from the reunion of vacation, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I really want to know what, what these people are talking about. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of us and I'm going to, and I'm going to hold it out in front of me, this frame picture that I have of us. And I'm going to look at it. I'm going to pretend that I'm looking at us for the very first time. Okay. I've never seen this couple before. Okay. And I'm going to look at it as if I'm looking at him for the very first time. What would I think? Okay. What would I think? So I close my eyes and I hold the picture out in front of me and I look at, and I open my eyes and I stare at it for a while and I go, hmm, wow, she really does look a lot better than I do. So I think I know what they're talking about. (laughs) And so I I don't know why. Yeah. Thank you. I'm marrying up. Thank you. Um, Because, and I don't know why this is because I've always thought that, you know, she's the best looking gal in the whole world and, and we've known each other for a long time. But it's almost like when you're so familiar with someone or something, they can become common to you. Just kind of habits, and you start to take them for granted. Yeah, I've met them before. Yeah, I've heard that before. And my concern is that we do that with God, and we do that with our relationship with God's Word uh, in Scripture. And so I was thinking about Psalm 23 uh, these past couple weeks. That's what came to mind. Has Psalm 23 become so common to you that it's just a nice little poem that David wrote? Or do you really want to know this God who wants to lead you like a shepherd? There's a difference between knowing Psalm 23 and knowing the shepherd. And so today we're going to dive in and we're going to explore a little bit more about what David's really trying to communicate to us here. And so I want to start by asking you a question. If, if I, just the very first thing, don't think about this too deeply, when I say the word shepherd, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What's the first image that comes to mind when I say the word shepherd? Sheep, okay, maybe Jesus, right? Thinking about shepherds, okay, thinking about the Bible. Okay, maybe the shepherds in the Christmas story, right, that were watching their flocks by night and the angels came, okay? Um, you know, maybe you're thinking about a shepherd and he's got on his white robe, right, his cloth, and he's sitting up on the hill on a rock and he's got his staff and the sheep and bah, you know, that whole thing. If you want to make sheep sounds at any point during my sermon, if that helps you, go ahead. Um, and so maybe that's what you're thinking, uh, the first thing that pops in your mind when you think of a shepherd. What I thought of, to be honest, before I dove into this a little bit deeper, the first thing that came to my mind, Mr. Rogers. That's right. 
Mr. Rogers, go with me here for a second. So think about it. Mr. Rogers sitting there, nice, gentle, calm Mr. Rogers. You know, he's probably sitting there. He's got a nice little lamb on his lap, and he's nice and gentle, and he's probably got an, you know, an ugly 80s button-up sweater on or something like that. That's what I think of, Mr. Rogers. And, and, and don't get me wrong that, that that's a part of being a shepherd is, is the comfort and the compassion and the tenderness and the gentleness but we're missing out on the rest of, I think, what David is painting for us here, this picture of a shepherd that David's trying to communicate with us. Yeah, Mr. Rogers is a part of that. We need that part of it. But the image that David is painting for us here in Psalm 23 is a shepherd that is much more involved, much more active, much, more str- much stronger than we imagine. And David would know. So a little bit of backstory here to why David would write, the Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23. If you can remember, David's day job, okay, David's day job, besides, you know, killing giants with stones and later becoming the king of Israel, David's day job was a shepherd. And so David is looking after a flock. That's what he did for a lot of his life as he was growing up. And so you might have this image of a shepherd of just kind of being a nice, calm, gentle person that's walking around with the staff in a white robe. But the image that David is painting for us here is very different. And so if we want to look back in David's life, we see an example of this. We're going to look at this. It's going to be up on the screen from 1 Samuel. This is right before David is going into battle against Goliath. And he's trying to convince King Saul that he has their credentials to fight Goliath. And so as we read this, you might encounter a vision of a shepherd that's very different. So listen to what David says. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will also deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Whoa! Wait a minute. (laughs) This doesn't sound like Fred Rogers to me. I mean, David's kind of a bad dude here, you know? Uh, He's what you might call a warrior shepherd. And yes, David knew the tenderness and the compassion part about being a shepherd, but David also knows, he's speaking from experience here, David knows the lived reality of laying down your life for the sheep, of doing anything you can to protect your flock and to lead them to life. And so knowing, David, here's David, knowing the heart of the shepherd, heart of what a shepherd is, and then as we're reading through Psalms, you're going to find that David knows the heart of God. David is in love with God. He's enthralled with God. He can't stop talking about God in the Psalms. And so David knows the heart of a shepherd, and David knows the heart of God, and so he draws this very strong conclusion when he puts them together, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, not just any shepherd, but David is saying, this has been my experience with the living God. This is who he is to me. David's talking about a very personal God. The, 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 the name of the Lord that he uses here in Hebrew is Yahweh. Yahweh. The, among all the different names that God has, Yahweh is God's personal name. And so when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, Yahweh is my shepherd. He's a very real, personal God. 
And so Psalm 23 speaks, actually speaks to this life that we're offered when we follow the shepherd, when we let God be who he wants to be, and when we realize, like David is saying here, that we have an enemy in this world that is far, uh, far more dangerous than just a lion or the lions and the tigers and the bears, oh my. We have an enemy that is far more dangerous than that. We have an enemy who wants to steal and kill and destroy that life that the shepherd wants to lead you to. I'm afraid that Psalm 23 is not as safe as we want it to be. (laughs) In fact, I'm afraid that our God is not as safe as we would like him to be. The author C.S. Lewis once wrote this. I'm talking about God. Safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe. But he's good. But he's good. And I cannot help but think, my, how we have underestimated who our shepherd is. To think that our shepherd can't handle whatever you're going through today. To think that our shepherd doesn't understand what you're dealing with in your life right now. He's calling for your trust. To put your trust in him. And when you trust someone, you're going to follow him. Because you have that deep-rooted trust in them that they're going to lead you to the place that you want to go. To the place that you need to go. And so he's saying... Trust me. Trust me enough to follow me. And so we're called to follow. And as with any good shepherd, we know there's going to be valleys. There's going to be dark times. There's going to be shadows of death that creep in around us. But as David records, the shepherd still knows the way. And so he's trying to tell us here that that when we're going through those valleys and those dark times in our lives, that the shepherd doesn't always promise us, he doesn't always promise to take us out of the valley, but he gives us this incredible promise that he's going to go with us through the valley. Now think about that for a second. This, this God that you've been reading about in the Psalms, this great, big, huge, glorious, awesome, beyond our comprehension, beyond our words can describe, the same God that spoke the world into being, the same God that, that put the stars in place, and the same God that holds this all together, that same God says, I'm your shepherd. That's the same God that says, I know everything about you. I created you. You are in my flock. You are one of my sheep. It's the same God. That's inc- it's incredible. This God that is so huge knows you in an intimate way and he calls you by name. And so it's all a part of this journey, this, this being on the move with the shepherd. And, and, and we know we don't simply stand still in our faith. That's why we're being led like a shepherd. That's why David uses this analogy. Following the shepherd is going to change you. Following the shepherd is going to challenge you this week, today. And that shepherd is going to lead you to the life that you were created for. And here's the thing. Although Psalm 23, we often think of Psalm 23 as a psalm about death. I think it's just as much, if not more so, a song about life. What David is describing, everything after the Lord is my shepherd that you've got in front of you there, everything after that is talking about the kind of life that he says we can live right now. And so let's just, a quick read through of this is going to give us a glimpse into the character of this shepherd. So let's just take this verse by verse. If you've got your Bibles out in front of you, starting at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. And so right away we know 
It's a relationship. It's not some dry, empty religion. It's walking with God. Next, I shall not want. I shall not be in want, which in this passage means lack. So David's saying, I shall not lack. David's saying, you can know right here today, it's knowing that I have everything I need right here now today to live the kind of life that God desires for me. You lack nothing today. There's nothing that you lack if you know God. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He's offering you rest today. God is offering you rest and restoration, refreshment, not just from that vacation that you took this summer that you are going to take, not just refreshment from a cold drink that you're going to take. Does your soul have rest? Does your soul have a peace in it that no matter what's going on in your life, you can say, all is well. All is well with my soul. He restores my soul. There's, there's healing. I mean, not just physically. Yeah, we know that, but, but for your heart. Some of you don't know this and you're thinking, well, I just need healing for my, my, my broken bones or my, my muscles or my back. There's, there's healing. He restores my soul. Like th- that, that weight and that burden from your past, you don't have to carry that around anymore. It's deep healing for your heart. He guides me in paths of righteousness. There's, there's guidance and direction. If you, if you found yourself needing to make a big decision recently? You find yourself wondering, what, what's the path for my life? What's the direction for my life? And maybe you're like, I don't, I don't just need some advice. I need wisdom. I need counsel. And that's not just going to come from anybody. That comes from the heart of God. And God can speak through other people into you, but it comes from the shepherd. It comes from that leading. If you have a big decision, have you thought about asking God what he thinks? Because what he has to say might just blow your mind. And so why does God do all this? Why does he want to lead us like a shepherd? It's for his namesake. There's purpose in your life, living for something that's greater than yourself. This isn't about us. It's about him. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's protection. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And he's faithful. Even if you feel like today, you know, I've been in that valley for so long. I've been praying the same prayer for so long. Maybe you can identify with a lot of the writers in the Psalms that say, How long, O Lord? How long do I have to sit here in this valley? Do I have to be here in this pit? And you're wondering, is God ever going to come through? Is he ever going to answer that prayer? David reminds us here, God is faithful. He may not be safe. (laughs) That path might not always be direct and safe, but he's good. He's faithful. God has not forgotten about you today. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's hope for you. You can live with courage today. I skipped one. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's, There's discipline. We can't forget about that. It's not in some harsh, unforgiving way. God is making you into a new kind of person. That's the rod and the staff, the discipline. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. You have a God, we have a God, that has given us so many blessings. When's the last time you slowed down enough to stop and consider and to thank God 
for those things that we just take for granted. And finally, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's security. There's intimacy with this God. There's always more with God. Do you know that? There's always more with God. And today he's calling you into a deeper intimacy than even you know about him today. Don't settle for less than God has for you today. And that that forever, that I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that starts now. Do you know that? Like, eternity starts now. (laughs) It's not just for someday up in the clouds. That starts now. Hi. Hi. That starts right now, here today. And so that's only scratching the surface. That's a very quick read-through of Psalm 23. And I challenge you to go back into that and explore every single one of those lines. I could preach a sermon on every one of those verses. You could do a whole sermon series for 10 weeks on Psalm 23. Dive into the character of God and what he has for you. And so you can see why this is speaking about life. Psalm 23 is not just a funeral psalm. (laughs) Psalm 23 is not just a psalm about death. It's a psalm about the kind of life that God is offering you right now, here, today. But the problem is that sometimes I think as as followers of Christ, we get into this idea that it's, it's too good to be true. We get this cynical attitude in our lives and we say, oh, you know what, those, those radical Christians, those crazy Christians, they can just go over there and, you know, those people, those wild Christians that raise their hands and worship, oh my word, heaven forbid. And they're, they're, they're these wild and crazy Christians and they actually believe that you can have real peace. Those, those, those Christians over there that, that I'm not, I, I just, it doesn't work for me. You know what, it's, it's just not realistic. The, the, the Christians, they actually believe that you can have real peace and real freedom and real joy in your life. It's just not realistic. The, the, the world we live in is just too dark and broken and messed up and, and it's just not realistic. But God is saying, yes, it is. That's why I came so you could experience that kind of life now. Yes, all those things that Psalm 23 lists will have all of that in their fullness someday when he returns. But Jesus is saying, this is the kind of life that's available for you today. And so it should not surprise us then, when hundreds of years later, after David writes Psalm 23, along comes a carpenter from Nazareth. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. In fact, not only am I the shepherd, uh, I'm actually the gate. And if you think about your life and your world as this, 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 this pen of sheep, this fence that surrounds you and your flock, Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd that wants to lead you. I'm also the gate. In other words, I'm the gate that leads to life. I am life. The gate's not life. I am life. And so he says, come to me to find that life. And he says this in John chapter 10. Let's throw this up on the screen. Let's read this together from John chapter 10. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is saying, I'm that good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd that wants to lead you to life and life abundantly. Because of Jesus, you can experience the shepherding of Psalm 23 today. So you might be wondering, "Mm, John, that really sounds all great and all. You know, I've read Psalm 23 before. I want that in my life. But, but, But if God gives us all these blessings, why would we ever think about leaving him? 
Why would, why would we wander down another path? Why is there so much death and evil and destruction and sin in this world? If Jesus is giving us all these blessings in Psalm 23, why would we ever not want that? Why would we ever go wandering away from the shepherd? Well, here's the reality. If we have a shepherd, what does that make us? Sheep. Dirty, stinky, smelly sheep. Now I'll admit, maybe some of you know a lot about sheep. I don't know a lot about sheep. I don't know a lot about sheep. Maybe some of you grew up on a farm, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to, to uh, disregard what you know here this morning. But I can say, from my hours of deep, extensive research this week about sheep, I have come to one highly conclusive, tested, scientific fact about sheep. They're dumb. They're dumb. Amen. And some of you know this. They're not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a sheep hater. Don't be a sheep hater. Okay? Don't, don't be a hater. But it's just the truth. Yes, they're God's creations. They're pretty nice little sheep. I understand that. But if there is a spiritual gift for having a clue, they don't have it. They don't get it. It's just not going to happen. Have you ever seen a professional sheep trainer? No. No. It's because they're dumb. And they're stubborn. And because they're stubborn, they often get lost. They often wander off and go their own direction. And then they don't want to come back. They don't want to find their way back because they're stubborn. They don't get it. And, you know, David actually wasn't the first person to use this analogy of God being the shepherd and and us as the sheep. Way back in the prophets, in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is talking about God's relationship with his people. And it says this in Isaiah 53, Verse 6, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Every single one of us has turned to his or her own way. And, and this is, you see, this is way beyond just some people making stupid choices in their lives. It says we all have turned astray. We all have wandered off. It's why we need a shepherd. I can identify. Maybe some of you can as well. I can identify. I have a problem with getting lost in parking lots, particularly in mall parking lots, uh, shopping center parking lots recently. But it's not me that's getting lost. It's my car. Does anybody else have this problem? You can't find your car after you parked it. Okay? So here's the deal. This This is what I've done four times this year. Okay? Four times this year, I drive up to the mall, I park my car, I go into the mall, 10 or 15 minutes later, I come out, I have no idea where my car is. I'm not that old, okay? I'm not that old. I'm not losing my mind yet. I don't even know what side of the mall it's on. And so I end up walking around and around and around the mall trying to find my car. And this is really an issue in January. You know how January, you know how winters are in Iowa? One moment it's 50 degrees and sunny, and the next moment it's like a blizzard. The blizzard of the century. And so one day, I drive up. I park my car in the, in the mall parking lot. I go in. Literally, 10 or 15 minutes later, I come back out, blizzard. I'm not prepared at all. I have shorts and a hooded sweatshirt on. Okay? It was that nice of a day. No gloves, no hat. I'm not prepared at all. Okay? And as you can guess, no idea where my car is. Okay? And so it's starting to snow, and it's kind of piling up, and it's getting on top of the cars, and so you can't tell what your car is. You know, I have a red car. Gee, 
you know, your guess is as good as mine. And so I'm wandering around, and I've got my hoodie over my head, and I'm just kind of wandering around like this through the parking lot. And I probably just look like an aimless sheep, you know, that's lost its way wandering around the parking lot. I'm banging into cars and stuff like that. I'm just like, God, please let nobody from church see me. I'm going to be so embarrassed. You know, I'm supposed to be this leader, and here I am just wandering around a parking lot with no clue, freezing to death, literally. And I'm feeling so lost and confused and helpless because you think about it, like, what am I going to do? Like, walk into the mall and be like, hey, I'm John, and I just didn't know if you remembered where I parked or not. Like, they're not going to know. They, they, nobody saw where I parked. And so I'm just feeling really lost and confused and alone. Have you ever been there? You ever felt like that? Just in need of some direction in your life and just kind of confused and, and wondering where to turn? Of course, sometimes we know that we choose the wrong path ourselves. And that's the harsh reality is that sometimes when we wander away from the shepherd, it's not just wandering around a parking lot. We've gone off, we've gone after some other path, whether it's some image, whether it's that guy or that girl or that job or that promotion or, or whatever it is. We go after those paths. We think, I'm going to find life if I'm with that person. I'm going to find life if I have that image. I'm going to find life if I get that specific job. And we wander away from the shepherd and pretty much we end up being like those sheep that have lost their way. And basically what we say to God is, okay, the whole Psalm 23 thing, I get that. All those blessings, you want to lead me like a shepherd, you want to anoint my head with oil, you want to give me purpose in my life, you want to give me rest, you want to give me restoration for my soul, all those things, thank you, but no thanks. Because I think I can just figure it out on my own. I think I have a better way. And so we say thanks or no thanks to God. But as David reminds us, the valleys in this life will come. You don't have it all together. The pressures at work start to build. You can't get through to your kids. You have an argument with your spouse and you say something that just ends up wounding them. You get that call from the doctor that you've just been dreading for months. And pretty soon, you're back in the valley. Kicked off the mountaintop, back to the valley. And some of you know all too well how one day it's just smooth sailing and something happens and the next day your life is never the same. Sometimes also we find ourselves just in the valley because things that are beyond our control. The death of a loved one. That illness or pain or sickness that just won't go away. Or maybe your job is suddenly gone. When you're in the valley, wouldn't it make sense to have a shepherd that has looked sin and death and evil and anything that this world can throw at you in the face and has defeated them? Wouldn't it make sense to have that kind of a shepherd? Many of you have found this truth to be so real is that when it seems like God is all you have left, you realize that he's all you really needed in the first place. And I don't know if this is you today, but I was just thinking about this right now in terms of fathers. And it's not just fathers, but I think a lot of us are walking around like these sheep, lost, alone, and confused. And a lot of that might come from your past. A lot of you had something somebody said to you in the past Maybe it was your father. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was somebody that you looked up to. 
and you looked at them and they left you. Or the message that they sent to you was, you're alone in this world. You have to figure out life on your own. I was thinking about that today with fathers and whatever that father figure looks like in your life. Is that you today? You feel like that? Like you've been believing this lie your whole life that there is nobody here to help you. There is nobody here to give you direction and purpose for your life because you're alone. That's the message that you've been sent and you live in that agreement that you make with yourself. Maybe that's you today and God says it's just not true. It's just not true. And maybe today God is saying to you, it's time to stop wandering. It's, it's, it's time to put that image down. And you don't have to hold up that image that you got it all figured out and you've got it all together because honestly, on the inside, you feel like that sheep that's just wandering around and you need somebody to speak into your life and say, you can do it. There's purpose for your life. There's direction for your life. You're not alone. I am with you. And that's what the shepherd says to every single one of you today. He says, you are mine. You are my sheep. I know you by name. There's a purpose for your life. You belong to me. And if you think that you can just keep me as a nice, safe God off at a distance, he says, that's not going to happen because I will not stop loving you. And just like I left the 99 sheep to find the one, I will come and I will find you. And today the shepherd says, I'm going to come and I'm going to find you and I'm going to wrap you up in my arms and I'm going to hold you. I'm going to say, you are mine. You don't have to go looking anywhere else for the life that I have to offer you today. You belong to me. If you don't hear me say anything else today, hear me say this. It's one thing that we can read Psalm 23. It's a completely different thing to know the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd? Do you know the love that he has for you today? And that is my prayer for us, that we would live today and this week like those words are true. That you have a shepherd that wants to lead you and guide you to the life that you were created for. Amen? Let's stand together. Uh, If that's you today... (laughs) If, if something in that just kind of clicked and you're like, you know what? Maybe that's not exactly what you're feeling, but that's, that's close. And there's something there. And I feel like God wants to, 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 to say something to me, but, and God's stirring something in me, but I don't know quite what that is. If that's you, let's just open up our hearts right now and say, God, we want whatever you have for us. We don't want to just read Psalm 23. We want to live it. <laughs> we want to know the shepherd. So let's just spend some time just listening to our God, to that shepherd that wants to lead us. So let's pray.